Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this wonderful gift, an opportunity to worship. We ask a blessing on you as we think about what it means for us to have life with you and to have a long-term focus. Open up our hearts and minds to hear from you. Give us a sense of your presence and your peace. Take away the things that are troubling us and worrying us and may your Holy Spirit implant your word into our mind and our hearts. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Imagine that you're invited to go for a run and you've shown up thinking the run's going to be a 100-metre dash and the person says, no, we're going on a marathon to city to surf. You'd probably feel unexpected, unprepared, wouldn't you? You you thought it was just going to be this 9, 10, maybe for me 14-second, 20-second run, but you're going to go on this long-term journey. Well, our call as Christians is to remember that we're not here for a short time, but we have this long journey, a long journey that's where Jesus is present with us. And our reading today reminds us that part of this, can you, Amanda, can you take, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to control it, but just make sure the your mouse is not on the arrows of the, yeah, I'm not quite sure what's not. I might have to just nod to you. Okay. Our reading for today from Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 to 28. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. I know some people actually think about life as... I'm a Christian, so I can get to eternal life. And it's still very self-focused. But this passage and a number of others in the New Testament remind us that being Christians not just about me. Us following Jesus leads us into a life of following other people, of being people who, following Jesus, leads us into a life of helping other people, of being there for other people, of encouraging them. So I have two questions for you to ponder as we think about this journey, this long-term journey that we have. The first is, am I more focused on the short term, the comfort and satisfaction? Do I get disillusioned with God when things go wrong? Do I get upset? Right? Or am I focused on the long-term goals and the long-term focus that God has? And the second question I'd encourage you to ponder on is, what does it mean to trust Jesus on the long-term discipleship journey? What does it mean for you, for us as a congregation, for Christians around the world to trust Jesus on a long-term discipleship journey. Because then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And that's the encouragement that we have, that this is a a long-term journey. If you go to the next slide, Amanda... Just some background that will help us understand this passage and and the earlier passage that came with this is the first thing to remember is that Jesus has just told his disciples this fact that he is the Messiah and that on that confession, on that belief, his church will be built, it'll be a rock and nothing will overcome it. right? And so I think at that point the disciples were probably feeling quite confident. 
We have got the man. We're on the right track. We, we are going, we're on the winning team. However, they haven't fully comprehended what it means to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus. They haven't fully understood that there's going to be some trouble ahead. And Jesus has already began that journey towards that trouble. Jesus, at this point in time, is on a journey towards Jerusalem. He's going to Jerusalem where we know we have the the benefit of hindsight and we know that he's going to be crucified on the cross, that he's going to be abused, that within seven days he's going to be gone from being praised to be the king that comes in Jerusalem to being absolutely abused, spat on, beaten, flogged, put on a cross and killed. And we know that the disciples, Peter himself, will deny that. And so to understand this passage of text, that those two things are important to keep in mind. That Jesus has already told them that he's going to be the Messiah, that he's the Messiah, that his church won't be overcome. And yet, as part of his missionary journey, he's on this journey to Jerusalem where he's going to go to the cross. In verse 21 of today's reading, Jesus reveals his salvation plan. He says this, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day he'll be raised to life. He's starting to reveal this salvation plan to the disciples. But they don't get it. And particularly Peter doesn't get it. Peter's immediate response said, hold on a moment. Hold on. That's not right. Right? He rebukes Jesus. In fact, in rebuking Jesus, he's actually saying, Jesus, you don't understand how things should be. You're the Messiah. That means everyone who follows you should be in a comfortable place. None of this should happen. And you won't die. Listen to what he said. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Do you think you're like Peter ever? Do you ever question God? Well, go to the next verse and we see this. Jesus tells Peter, look, Peter, you've just got a short-term, selfish-focused thinking. You're only thinking of yourself. You've got a narrow-minded, you've got a narrow view of what the Messiah should be, but you're not thinking long-term. And you're not thinking and understanding what God is actually on about or going to do. This is what it says in the text. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Are we any different to Peter or the other disciples when trouble comes? Do you ever think that following God, what it means is I should have a nice, easy relationship, nice, comfortable, nothing should go wrong? Have you ever thought that God has got it wrong? When you see an innocent person go through suffering or when you see Christians go through difficulties, do you ever think God's got it wrong or he's not listening or something's not right and you, you actually understand what should be happening better than God? Have you ever said, surely God doesn't want this or that to happen? 
And I know he doesn't want things to happen. But things happen because of sin. That's what led Jesus to the cross, in fact. It was your sin and mine that resulted in Jesus going to the cross and needing to suffer. And if Jesus hadn't have done that, if Jesus hadn't gone through that suffering, we would still be trying to work out how we're going to get eternal life. Have you ever allowed the human perspective to override God's perspective? Have any of you said, oh, grace is not good enough for the way we relate to people? It's more important that we have rules and laws, and I'm not saying get rid of the rules and laws, but I'm saying don't allow them to dictate, override how we relate to people. Have you ever allowed a human perspective to be more important than God's perspective? Have you followed Jesus' teaching, which he has also in Matthew, it says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all the other worldly things will come to you. Or have you gone and go, oh, I'm going to, have, I'm going to focus on the worldly things and I'll, I'll just fit God in where it suits. Well, that's where Peter is at. That's the type of thinking he's at. He's got this short-term, comfortable thinking. And Peter simply represents us as a society, us as a community, doesn't he? That often we want the short-term rover the long term. Let's continue. Verses 24 to 25, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. At this very point in time, up until now, um, he has been talking to the disciples about that he's going to suffer and die. And what he does now is he informs the disciples that following him means that you too will experience challenges and trouble. Following Jesus means that we will have difficulties in our life. And this is a constant reminder of Jesus throughout the New Testament. When he's relating to his disciples, he's going to say, you're not going to have peace because the world hates me. And as Christians we should expect that we'll have challenges. Now, we need to be careful on two fronts. One is we're not here to actually create challenges for ourselves, what some would call false challenges, right? And we're also not here, we don't live in society to go around looking to be persecuted. It will come. It will just happen that we will have some challenges. And some of that will be just with ourselves, right? We live in a society, for instance, that says you must earn your way to a good job. You must earn your way to a good house. You must earn your way. You must do things. And so we often treat people in that same way, that people must do stuff for us, even in our closest relationships. And I've heard it from families that say, oh, my kids must do this before I'm going to reward them or give them something. But here's the twist. For us as Christians, that's not how God works. 
God works in a completely different way. It's about grace, it's about forgiveness, it's about love. And so for us as Christians who are called to reflect God's love and grace in the world, that's where one of our biggest challenges come. Because when someone sins against us, what's our natural human reaction? Well, if they want to have a relationship with me, they've got to prove how good they are. I'm not going to reach out to them. They have to reach out for, to me. And yet what does the Lord's Prayer remind us? Forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of others. Being a Christian, not only does Jesus go through the suffering, the death, the mockery, the abuse, but because we follow him, we too will experience that. And Jesus is here informing his disciples that following him does mean we'll experience some trouble. Amanda, could you go to the next slide? And so Jesus is shifting our focus. He's shifting Peter's focus away from self to God and others. He's shifting Peter's focus away from proving you are good enough to one of trusting that Jesus has done enough. He's shifting Peter's focus from avoiding challenges and difficulties to enduring them for the sake of others, to putting yourself out for the sake of others. And not only is he shifting Peter's focus, in this text, as we read the text, as we get involved in this text, he's also wanting to shift our focus, shift our focus from just thinking of ourselves to focusing on God and others. Remember his greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love others as much as you love yourself. And so I encourage you to think about that for a moment. What does it mean for you to have a focus away from just yourself to focusing on God and focusing on others, helping others in their spiritual journey? What does it mean for you to have a focus that shifts from proving how good you are to trusting Jesus that you're good enough for God? What does it mean for you to stop avoiding the challenges and stop avoiding the difficulties, to actually enduring them? Not looking to create them, but looking just to endure them for the sake of others, to go out of your way for others. The whole area of service in this time of COVID-19, that's put us in this situation where we now need to think of others. Some weeks ago, and I've mentioned this in a previous seminar, some weeks ago they said one of the biggest challenges for people wearing masks in society is that um, unless the governments regulate them, there won't be a high take-up because people don't see the benefit for themselves because we wear masks not necessarily for our own benefit but for the benefit of others. And you can see, so you can see already that, that that example shows that from a human perspective, a human perspective, we think more of ourselves than we think of others. The same health commentator said, if we said and if we could prove that the mask would reduce the likelihood of you contracting coronavirus yourself, they know there would be a higher take-up of people wearing masks. And so this idea of, as Christians, we live in a world where we're here 
to not just think of ourselves, but to actually think of God and others. Now think of this in a number of ways. Think about as being part of a church community. What does it mean for you to be part of a church community that doesn't just think about what you want or what you need or what you like, but also think about others and think about God? What does it mean for you to to live in society, to be part of a family, to live in society where God has placed you there to share and reflect his good news by actually thinking of others? Amanda? From Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 33, we're here. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And then from the next, from Philippians chapter 2, Paul writing to the church in Philippi, uh, again this going out of our way, not just thinking of others, but going out of our way so not us are blessed but others are blessed. That's the lifestyle, that focus we're called to have. From Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Think of, in your relationships with others, think of what? Jesus did. He didn't go to the cross for his own benefit. He went to the cross for your benefit. Now, it's easy for us, and service is a a big name thing in society. You know, people want to be served and they want to have good service and people want to provide good service. But the difference between Christian service and secular service is that Christian service is about doing things for people where we may not actually benefit, but they will. Christian service is something that God calls us to be part of. And this is what this is the encouragement that Jesus is talking to his disciples at this point. And, and so as we live our life as disciples with a long-term focus, here's four things to, to think about, to, to put into action. The first thing is, Develop a long-term godly vision by listening to Jesus frequently. The only way we can go for a long-term vision, the only way, and I've heard this from um, people who do run marathon, what keeps them going? And they said it's the, a vision at the end, the goal at the end, whatever they're aiming to achieve at the end keeps them going. I've heard of people who have gone through absolutely terrible Terrible situations in their life and they've never known when they're going to end. And their comment has been, what keeps you going? They said, there's been something that's given us hope. They've known God is with them and that they've got hope. And so for us as a Christians, though, we need to develop a long-term godly vision. And the only way that's going to happen is by listening frequently to Jesus, by spending time in God's word daily, by worshipping weekly, by having a time where we reflect on Jesus and allow God to penetrate his perspective of life into our minds and hearts. Because when we do that, we see that life, our relationship with God is not about life here. There are some people 
who have a relationship with God because they want to have a good life here. There are some people who want to have a relationship with God because it's just about a life they get to eternal life. But when we spend time with Jesus frequently, what we see is that God has this eternal life for us, a life where there'll be no sin, suffering or pain, that he's paid for and made possible, but he also see that our relationship with him affects how we live today. The second thing is that to develop this long-term focus, we need to trust that Jesus has done what he's needed for you. That what Jesus has done on the cross and through the resurrection means that you don't have to stress about having to earn eternal life. You don't have to stress about whether you're going to get eternal life, which all takes up energy, but rather you can simply rest and trust that Jesus has said, your place is secure in heaven. The third point in living this discipleship life is this, is live with a perspective of life where you go out of your way to help others connect with Jesus. Go out of our way to help others connect with Jesus. And that may mean giving some time. That may mean doing something for people. It may mean saying some kind words. It even may mean not saying certain words that's on your human heart to say. And the fourth thing in living this discipleship life is when we experience challenges or problems, don't see them as the end of the story but see them as a place where God can reflect his plan even more clearly through you. When major disasters happen around the world and Christians have shared God's grace, has shared people's love, shared God's and helped people, God has used those bad situations. Remember in Romans, he, 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 everything, he says everything he can use for good. Remember in Genesis when Joseph said what was intended for bad, God can use for good. And so when bad things happening like this coronavirus, and I encourage you to think about, continually think about, continually reflect on what good can you reflect in that? How can you help people see that there is a God of grace and love and peace during this time? When we have these four things to focus, we have this long-term vision, a vision that's not just focused on today, where we make impulse decisions to to satisfy our life and make it more comfortable. But rather we have this long-term focus where God is continually working in us and through us to strengthen our faith, to nurture our faith and to help us in faith. Amanda? Because near the end of the text of today's reading, Jesus said this, For the Son of Man is going to come in the Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Now, if you have been in the Lutheran church for some time, this text may actually challenge you, because we often say, which is true, that our salvation is not by works. It's not by what we've done, but what God has done. But in the context of this text, what Jesus is saying here is God will reward you for your faith in Jesus, for your faith and living, allowing Jesus to affect 
your lives. And that reward will be the gift of eternal life, which we know that only he can make possible. May you live with a long-term focus. May you live during that long-term focus, knowing that Jesus is always with you. And may you live helping others to connect to Jesus. Go in his peace. Go with his love. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of eternal life, the gift of grace, the gift of mercy, the gift of love. Heavenly Father, help us to be people who trust you always. And Lord, as we live our lives, give us a sense of who you are and remind us more more clearly of where you're leading us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.